0: Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argeris and this week I'm looking for the best book about a conspiracy theory, whatever that is, to help me, are two high school English teachers,
1: I think. Ian and Joe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, not. Nick. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned. For- <laughs> it's coming in hot, hot, hot. <laughs> My name is Joe Holshue. I am an amateur conspiracy theorist and a full-time English teacher. And this week, I brought a book um, that deals mostly with critical thinking. It's called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. How to Know What's Really Real in a World Increasingly Full of Think. <sighs>
2: So, Joe is going to be puncturing all those spicy, spicy conspiracy theories. Oh, interesting. Good afternoon, Nick. Good evening, Joe. Good night, Litheads. This week, I'm the captain of conspiracies himself. Pierce Landoval, chief guiding light of the grand plan to overthrow society. Definitely not three dogs in a trench coat. You may know me, though, in my guise as Dr. Ian DeYoung, a high school English teacher. This week, I brought a book about the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Did you say the name of the book? No, I didn't. the super long (laughs) name it's called killing king but then there's like a colon and there's like several sentences after that i um can i tell you like two like two
0: or three weeks ago i don't think joe said the name of his book the entire episode nice and
2: i i literally didn't know what book you brought joe it was uh that was the that was the episode where he brought the bible right and and he just didn't ever he never said it like
1: what is that called mm -hmm. well some books can't be named um (laughs) Well, Nick, in in my attempt to be better, I have brought a book called, I forgot. <laughs> you did a good job. Yours was in there about... The Skeptic's no. Guide to the Universe. Yeah, Wait, did you I say did the, the book?
0: Okay.
2: You guys are supposed to say the names of the books. I said mine after you I prompted we both me. Did. We both I kind of feel like maybe, maybe Nick is running some kind of psyop to throw us off and to confuse us because he knows that there's better better audio when i think confused. you guys are, are running conspiracies uh just trying to trick people into guessing which books you brought you need to work on your language this is it. you don't say a conspiracy to trick people into guessing you call it a psyop or a false flag listen we're going to do this you need to have your jargon right that's how
1: people know you're part of the oh, in
2: group.
0: oh okay exactly. got it
1: May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders.
0: Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. <laughs> if you look closely enough,
2: every author <laughs> was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>,
0: <laughs> you both brought nonfiction. We both
2: yeah. brought nonfiction. Well, I mean, <laughs>
1: are, are conspiracy
2: theories really nonfiction? Here's the thing, like conspiracy, conspiracy theory, like it occupies a weird place, right? Because conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, especially the more bonkers stuff says, listen, this is very serious. You must take us seriously because it's true. But in fact, the more bonkers stuff is just fake fiction and a lie, including my personal, my, my, my current favorite conspiracy theory, mm. which is that, um, the world's Jewish population has a laser in space oh. that is zapping California and starting wildfires. This is this yeah. is like this is science fiction. This is just yeah, this yeah. is just a sci-fi story. But to them, they present it as you need to believe this is true.
1: I assume because it supports global warming, starting forest fires, and of course that's it's what just they want: Jew- Jewish space lasers.
2: You're you you've got a you. The other thing about conspiracy theories is you can't. Expect too much logic. No. Um, you gotta, for instance, let me give you guys, you guys, let me give you an example of, of another one. Um, it's time for our weekly Hobbit Facts. You guys okay. remember how we do these? This is every a, week. Th- this is every week. This is a Hobbit Fact conspiracy theory and kind a of mashup deal. This is a conspiracy theory about the Lord of the Rings. Hey, did you ever see an, a thing about a plot hole with some eagles? Yeah. You guys know the Eagles? Yeah. yeah. That they said, why did they travel all the way? They could have just flown eagles into the volcano Precisely. and just dropped. It Precisely. Off. So I was doing some, I was doing some some hunting around on the deep web um, where they don't want you to, to go. What, what, no, what they, they don't, don't want, want you there. to see. And here's what here's what I found out. So Gandalf always intended to mm. take the Eagles. He always wanted to do the Eagles. And take them to, because uh, to, to, it makes total sense, right? And after he jumped off, remember that thing where he jumped off the tower, Orthanc, and he flies, mm-hmm, the eagle catches mm-hmm. him. He went at that point to go to the eagle's nests and talk to them and get their, them to help him. And it was all set to go. All he had to do was bring the, the fellowship over to where they were, and then they would zip, fly over to Mordor. Unfortunately, Saruman getting involved, they had to go through Moria. He got caught by the Balrog. And as he was dying, as he was getting pulled down, what does he say? Fly, you fools
1: fly, you fools He's get trying out to do. E- no, this is
2: ridiculous. a low key. He's trying to like coded because there are orcs there, right? He doesn't want them to hear the the, the true message. Take the eagles to That's mortar. code. He is trying to send a coded message. Unfortunately, none of them got the coded message in fly, you fools on the backs of eagles to Mount Doom. And as a result, the whole tragic story resulted
1: Ian does this thing where I, he he's so earnest when he says things. And I don't yeah. know, yeah. like, I don't know if he's teasing us or not. I feel like you're teasing. You're teasing. I
2: got this from Reddit and yeah. um, there are absolutely plot holes here. There are there, there are logic errors here, but I thought it was pretty good. I was, you know, I, I like the explanation <laughs> of fly, you fools. Joe, I've told my,
1: my favorite space lizard, my favorite conspiracy theory. What's your favorite conspiracy theory right now? Oh, that's a great question. I have two that I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I believe in exactly two conspiracy theories. I might believe in more, <sighs> but I'm a pretty big proponent of two of them. The first conspiracy theory that I believe in is I think that Michael Jordan was serving a secret suspension when he played for the Chicago White Sox for a year. Nice. Nice. I mean, that's crazy. I like he he, he, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the secret suspension was for gambling. I like it because I think it yep. could have been pretty hush-hush. I think not that many people would have used to know about it, like the right. commissioner of the NBA, Michael, right. Michael Jordan, maybe right. Phil Knight. And those three guys can keep a secret. Like, they're cool. Do
0: you they're think cool. he, like, so, owed the commissioner of of the MLB? And that's he's like you gotta we you gotta come over here and play <laughs> you,
2: you gotta you gotta play for the White Sox minor league the, team. The, the, the Bud, see, like owed the the commissioner a, a, of the NBA a, a favor. Sure, I'll take him.
1: Okay, that's a good and then one. The, and then the other conspiracy theory that I believe in is um, a little less lighthearted than that. Jewish space lasers, <laughs> <laughs> obviously Jewish space lasers. No, I. I've sometimes wondered if the fourth airplane on 9 11 was shotgun. The the, the one that crashed in a field in Pennsylvania. Okay, and and this is why I think it. Let me put my conspiracy hat on for a second. Also, a lot of people on the internet think this. Well, (laughs) it makes a lot of sense, right? This is why I think it's interesting. There was this very heroic story that came out of that fourth airplane. By the time it crashed in the field in Pennsylvania, uh, airplanes had hit both World Trade Centers and had hit the Pentagon at that point. There's one airplane missing. It's flying around. I think if you were the commander in chief and you scramble jets to intercept this thing and you have one airplane in the air, you know it's going to hit something. I feel like making the decision to shoot down a plane full of civilians is probably the right decision to make there but also an incredibly unpopular decision in the in in a country that needs a whole bunch of patriotism all of a sudden so they shoot it down. They come up with this cockamamie story about let's roll. Um, people using cell phones on an airplane and leaving messages on machines. I don't think so. That's when uh, that's when telephones were still in the back of airplane seats, guys. So this is my full blown conspiracy hat. I think that plane was probably shot down by the U.S. government.
2: And today, twenty-two years after those <sighs> brave souls lost their lives, takes the heroic efforts from those. Joe, you know this is coming. So this is people, actually coming Joe. out nine eleven, right? You know that. <sighs> No,
1: I did not know that. This
2: episode is a 9-11 episode. Yeah. so yeah. A 9-11 episode? Yeah, it's coming out on 9-11. That is the fact. Oh, this episode? This episode. Is that why we're doing conspiracy
0: theories? That's why, know. Nick, you had a great idea.
2: Let's just, let's just go behind the curtain a little bit. So we have this document where Nick kind of puts up themes for us to do. And he put down conspiracy theories for this day. It was a and while he ago. You put down two options: JFK versus 9/11. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big fan of, of the episode on 9/11 dropping. Ian, you're making us look bad. <laughs> about giving yeah. giving amplifying conspiracy theories about 9/11. So I said no. Somehow
1: Joe managed <laughs> accidentally. To bring us back <laughs> Got, to the land gotta of problems. bring up
0: 9-11. Good job, I'm just Joe. asking
1: the questions, guys. That's oh, all. No. All we can do <laughs> is ask
0: the questions. Uh, well, welcome heads to heads the You Don't Know Lit uh, weekly, or as we call it, Strongly Podcasts, where each week we pick Joe and Ian, two high school English teachers, bring book recommendations. And just to upset one of them, we pick a winner. And guys, we have some rules to keep us on track. Rule number one, only unavoidable spoilers today. Preferably none. Rule number two, omit needless words, Joe. Done. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I already got your stories in before we announce the rules. Rule
2: number three. Only winning matters. Adds, Nick Great. is a little hungover today. I'm not. Um, I don't even he was drink. partying hard last night for reasons known only to himself. Right. It's a yeah. conspiracy. Uh, Ian. Joe,
0: do you want to take thirty seconds and tell me what your uh, the name of your book and what it's about?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nick, my book this week has a big title and a big goal. It aims to be one giant inoculation against bad science, deception, and faulty thinking. It succeeds. Dr. Steven Novella, Novea, a professor of neurology at Yale, has had a <laughs> podcast by the same name since 2005. In this book, he makes skepticism seem mighty necessary and accessible. I think this book should be required reading in every school. One book called it a thinker's paradise. One review called it a thinker's paradise in a world increasingly full of anti-science sentiments. It might be the best book about critical thinking since Carl Sagan's demon haunted world. And it's also about conspiracies. Huh. Uh, when did it come out, Joe? It came out in 2018. Um, it is based on a podcast that Dr. Stephen Novella has had with um, some colleagues, including uh, like some friends. I think his brother is also on it. Um, that podcast has existed since 2005. That's an
2: old um, podcast, man. It's...
1: I looked this up because I was curious. The word podcast was coined. The, the iPod came out in 2001. The word podcast was coined in 2004. This podcast is, has existed since 2005. I'm impressed. They've had like Wait a, a minute, thousand Does episodes. podcast
0: come from iPod?
1: Yeah, yeah does. Podcast, pod, ah. iPod broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ian,
2: tell us what your book is all about. Conspiracy theories get a bad rap. But I'm here to say they can be done well. Case in point, my book this week, which relies on declassified FBI files, new interviews with suspects, and a true crime approach to sketch out a pretty solid conspiracy. It argues that Martin Luther King Jr. was murdered not by a lone nutcase operating by himself, but rather as part of a larger plot funded by organized crime and motivated by what else? White supremacy. Oh, Oh, fuck. I brought Killing King. By stuart wexler and larry hancock i love it um now really what
0: okay no i g- joe you're gone last ian yeah, so many questions. <laughs> yes. get to the end immediately what do they think yes definitely yeah, yes
2: yes they do they do think that yes
0: the CIA, not the CIA. Was it the FBI? The FBI hated him, right? They had wiretaps on him and um, it was
2: just it's insane. Specifically, J. Edgar Hoover hated King. Uh, Hoover thought King was a communist. King yes. did have um, some socialist ideas. So mm-hmm. um, Hoover thought but Hoover thought King was like a, a dirty pinko Soviet type situation. Um, and so when this is definitely at the end, when they were doing the investigation, Some of Hoover's rules about how we deal with King. Held up the investigation and made it harder to come to like a final conclusion on what happened.
1: So wait, so some of his rules about how to deal with King were. Things
2: like things like um, we're not going to notify King directly when there is a threat against him. We're going to notify the police officers in the town where the threat has been made. I'll look it up. There's a great documentary. Oh, yeah. There's a great documentary that I watched about
0: it, Like ML, it's called MLK FBI. It's pretty interesting. And I'm guessing it goes in into a lot of what this book does. I'm guessing maybe that's a, it's a right. source material for for uh, the
2: movie. Potentially but. or potentially they, they're drawing on the same FBI files. There's been a lot declassified um, uh, about the, the murder of King and about about a lot of like kind of the white supremacist stuff. The KKK is huge in this story, um, that, that these authors kind of build. Um, and so they, they pull not just stuff about King's murder, but also, um, files about the activities of the KKK and organized crime in the South, um, in the years leading up to, um, the assassination. So, so there's a lot. Yeah. And it's, it, it is, it's really engaging. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. So tell us, tell us about the book, Ian. It, it's, it's an interesting book in that you you kind of have to know a bit they they take for granted. You have more familiarity with this, with 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 some of the, the theories than than um, the lay person would. But they catch you up pretty fast. So one of the big theories is that the, the shooter, James Earl Ray, the suspected shooter, the alleged shooter was working for the FBI, that the FBI or other this maybe the CIA had King killed. There are other uh, conspiracy theories which suggest um, it was different people um, like a member of the Memphis Police Department um, uh, that he was that, that that Ray himself was just like really, really racist and was on kind of this racist rampage. Um, so they kind of take it for granted, that you know, a lot of this background material. Once you figure that out, they chart pretty clearly a pretty simple story. There were bounties on King's head. From like a, actual like, bounties,
1: like actual, kill bounties, like Martin Luther King's like, had twenty grand or whatever. Yeah, they,
2: they, these were circulating in prisons in the South and in the West. There were attempts made to kill King to collect this bounty. Eventually, James Earl Ray catches wind of this, and he gets involved. Not as he's not supposed to be the killer; he's supposed to be like a a, a reconnaissance guy, um, staking it out, sending information. But their idea is that he got to Memphis where the shooting, where the murder happened. And instead of just staying a reconnaissance guy, he decided to take the shot himself and get a bunch more money. And that's Royally screwed up all of the, all of the the murder plot. Um, and they had to like cover for him and the FBI knew more than they said they did. And so they were knocking on doors that they shouldn't have been knocking on as soon as they knocked on them. And, and, um, the whole thing kind of kind of falls apart really fast. He's caught. James Earl Ray is caught pretty quickly. And then he refuses to explain what happened. He won't give a straight answer. And yeah. part they, and then they have an explanation for this. They say part of the reason he did this is because he thought he was still going to be able to get a hold of that money. He thought if he didn't rat and, and on on his co-conspirators, he would still get the bounty when he got out of prison. So there's there's kind of like two things
0: going on, right? There's like yes. the whole um there's this well maybe there's there's like three things going on. There's like there's three things. the well, surface level of fire. like what people actually okay, he was killed, he was assassinated, great, yes, that's the yes. end of the story. There's the other whole layer that has been uncovered through like classified information of just the general dynamics of what was happening at the time. So mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. MLK was basically stirring the cultural pot, right? I mean, right. <laughs> right.
1: <As> troublemaker.
0: <laughs> and, uh, for good reasons. And, um, and the FBI was on the case and they were watching right. him. They were tapping his phones and, um, he was basically caught up in this um, smear campaign, right? Like the, the yeah. FBI did not like what he was doing, and they yeah. they this has all been declassified that they were actively going after his character, yeah. um, tapping yeah. his phones, uh, sending leaking him infor- letters, encouraging yep. him to kill himself, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. um, leaking information to try to. Get people to essentially cancel MLK, yeah, saying yeah. like he was cheating on his wife and all this stuff, yep. which he was uh, <laughs> a couple times. Um, <laughs> but uh, but now what you're saying is that this book is like this whole nother layer that yeah, the all these elements are kind of connected. Yeah right I feel free to expound on any of that but
2: um <laughs> well and there's there's I'll, I'll add i'll add one more layer so like oh, you talk fourth, about the a fourth layer yeah. lit heads. <laughs> guys this is a whole it's it's like a just, cake this
0: one's on us <laughs>
2: yeah, let's take a brief moment guys uh, i think it's time for uh midwestern potluck corner oh that's great you guys ever have that jello a conspiracy. that's like a, like a seven layer jello it's I got have, like yes. different colors. It's yeah, god awful. There's maraschino cherries, yeah. and when you're a child, you think all those colors mean are fun, a lot of flavor. Yeah. In fact, yeah. It, it just means chemicals. Yeah. So many chemicals. It's just this, chemicals. This has been Midwestern Food Corner. I bring it up because uh, this is like a seven layer j- uh, Jello dish mm. at a church potluck. It's like there's so much here. If you keep drilling down further the conspiracy to kill King is not just because we, we being white supremacists, let me rephrase that. Um, the consp- <laughs> oh my God, please rephrase that immediately. The, the conspiracy to kill King is not just <laughs> white supremacists weren't just saying we hate this guy because he's helping black people and the cause of civil rights so much, though that was certainly part of it. There was a there is this minister, this pastor in California And there were devotees in North Carolina and Florida. And they all believed that a race war had to happen. And naturally, they believed the white people would win that race war. And they believed that killing Martin Luther King was going to be the the spark that touched off the race war. And they were getting concerned because as the 1960s kind of wear on, king's influence is changing people are less on board with the nonviolent stuff people are more into like stokely carmichael and like the black panthers they say well hey mm-hmm. we've been nonviolently resisting a lot and we are just getting beat we're getting we're getting punched and kicked and shot and like what if we were to to fight back like physically right and so as king becomes le- not, not unpopular but less popular The white supremacists say we need to kill this guy now and start the race war now, because unless we do, it's going to be too like the the opportunity will be missed. So there's this whole other layer of a utopian dream of igniting nationwide riots and fomenting discord, which is only possible, according to them, if you you shoot king. So, okay, what's what's the
0: conspiracy
2: here, Ian? This this book is interesting because it is both describing a conspiracy and it is putting forward a theory that events took place because of a conspiracy. It, so it's kind of doing history and it's also doing an argument. The history part is plotting it's charting all these relationships between white supremacists and between organized crime t- saying like, OK, when they tried to blow them up in 1964, they didn't have the money. And that's partly why it didn't work out. They promised this bounty, but they didn't have the money. Where did that money come from? So there's a history element to this, and this is all like very documented. There's also the conspiracy theory element, which is saying the information available to us, let's reinterpret it. So a big a big part of this book, and honestly, some of the most interesting stuff in this book, is following James Earl Ray as he sort of like cruises around. He goes up to Canada, he goes down to Mexico, he hangs out in L.A., We have a lot of information about what he did, and these these investigators have have found more about what he did, um, trying to understand why he was traveling the way he was, what his goals were and how it led him eventually to Memphis to do the murder. So it's kind of it's kind of got a foot in both worlds. I, I feel like these guys, I can't tell whether. Whether the, the primary piece is the history and the conspiracy just sort of happens like the conspiracy theory stuff happens as a result of that, or whether they really want to get to that conspiracy theory stuff, but they have to do all the history groundwork first. It's hard to say.
1: Does it raise the question that there might be a conspiracy or is it an argument that this was definitely a conspiracy? It definitely happened. We came upon it when doing this historical research or whatever. Like, is, is I think how, how I think confident th- is it? What it's trying
2: to do. Well, so, so I'll get to the confident thing in, in a minute because that's super important to the success of this book. I think what it does is it first historically lays out that there were bounties offered on King. That is historical yeah, that, fact. That's news to me, right? Right. It's news to all of us, and this is kind of part of their bombshell that it wasn't just racism, it wasn't just um, a, a lone nutcase, it was organized crime, it was a bounty, right? So that's that's the thing that they establish as historical fact. They have a bunch of uh, of witnesses, a bunch of people who have kind of flipped and said yes, this was going around. They have written documentation, they have all of that. But the the conspiracy piece comes when they connect that to the events of King's murder so they they say yes there's this bounty out there and we do know we, we again have have it on record that the shooter james earl rain knew about the bounty but we don't have that clear connection that he was definitely doing this stuff because of the bounty hmm. now joe in yes. your in your book
0: i assumed yes. you're essentially You've been essentially trained to poke mm-hmm. holes in conspiracy claims. Oh, yeah. This. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Yes, so, Joe's muscles, yes, yes, yes. like the muscles on his head are like really big right now. Bulging. Oh, my goodness. I've been working on them. It, yeah. So, it looks like a vascular disease. Um, <laughs> Joe, what <laughs> what yes. qu- holes sh- yeah. should we be poking yeah. in this Swiss okay. cheese MLK Poke me, Swiss uh, Joel. cheese. Joe,
1: poke me. Don't. A couple of questions Jesus that I have right Christ. away. If there were bounties on Martin Luther King Jr., right, and there were, and there was, why are we just hearing about this now? Uh. Like, how? So many people would have had to know about this. So many people would have, like, presumably been like actively pursuing it, right? Like, if there's a bounty on somebody, why now? How much was the bounty?
2: Right. First rule um, of public relations, Joe. Why now? No. Why the bounty now? started off. The bounty started off at like ten thousand. It grew, I think, it. I think it ends up at like
1: five hundred thousand dollars. Wow. So it, it feels it's like a it's a big, going to people would like be excited about yeah. that. Like, happy. right.
2: Well, I mean, and, and to that point, I would say um, it was pretty well known in the prison systems in the south when King was alive. Like it's oh, a time. OK, Joe, you could just be an idiot. <laughs> No, no, no. Like this is, this is not a world that any of us have any contact with. I certainly hope, um, like he, he, they, they talk like they, they, they run it down pretty clearly. Like, oh yeah, here are a bunch of different people who have memory of hearing about this bounty in the prison systems in the, in the South in the sixties. So this is, it's all hearsay, right? It's all has to be hearsay because no one's going to write down in the prison newspaper under the, the want ads somebody to shoot Martin Luther King for $500,000. You're not going to have, you're not going to have um, documentary evidence of that. It's all going to be anecdotal, but they make a pretty, a pretty compelling argument that this was common knowledge. And then when King dies and nobody claims it, why like it goes away, right? It, yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. Like it's just another, I mean, it's not that,
0: that particular aspect of it. I don't think is the crazy part. I mean, enough people wanted him dead. Right. We all know that. And I'm sure Sure. there was money being thrown around to maybe try to make that happen. That's not like surprising information. I mean, the more surprising thing is the connection to the FBI. Right. So what what claims does it make that there was he was somehow connected to
2: any sort of like government uh, entity? So this is one of the the dominant theories. And I I talked earlier about how um, the book asks you to kind of know some background stuff. One of the dominant theories is that he was recruited by either the FBI or the CIA or somebody, some shadowy government organization to do this basically. And he had handlers and um, he was coached and he did it. And then, and then he was the fall guy um, for conspiracy. How do they back that up? Well, so they don't, right? And that's the thing. Nobody Ah. can, (laughs) nobody can say, no one connect. No one can connect. That's critical. uh, Ray clearly. Right. To governmental forces. There is, there is a guy. So Mm. Ray talks about, And like after he went to prison, he he had kind of like a a big media career. A lot of people interviewing him and stuff. Very, very visible in the public eye because he had killed. Um, Now, but functionally, they wrote like a series of 11 magazine articles about him. Um, His story was sold and so on and so forth. He talked about this shadowy figure who only would refer, who was only referred to as Raul. And Raul was this guy who set him on this path and, Raul influenced him. Some some people hear about Raul and think that there's your connection to the FBI. These authors say. The evidence doesn't really back that up, and also Ray himself doesn't really seem like the kind of person, his activities, his character doesn't it doesn't match um, the profile of someone who is being used in that way. It does match his profile, does match somebody who wants money and will make maybe some stupid decisions um to get money which which fits the the bounty hunt the the bounty piece but the the connection with the FBI it becomes pretty clear that be- in part because of the way that Hoover felt about King the investigation was botched um the investigation into King's murder was carried out very poorly a bunch of files were destroyed that should not have been destroyed there's a guy that um that the authors kind of pieced together that he probably was a pretty high level informant for the FBI high up in the KKK. And it seems like the FBI destroyed all of their material on him so that he, his cover wouldn't be blown. Um, This involved him continuing to do kind of KKK crimes while still being an informant and being allowed to do this stuff. It's like, the the involvement of the FBI is not clear, but it's also not good. They do not come out of this looking, looking. Super shiny. Yeah, they're not all. great.
0: So, um, OK, uh,
2: who wrote this? <laughs> um, this is this is a weird, a weird piece of it. So it's two guys, um, uh-huh. Stuart Wexler and Larry Hancock. And did they live in the and- same basement or? Where do they live? <laughs> <laughs> so both of them, uh, Hancock has been writing about JFK for a long time. Um, Wexler has Why? written.
1: <laughs> yeah. What's up with him?
2: Uh, the, the, the yeah, there's just a little bit. Uh, oh, speaking of which, <laughs> there is a, a brief cameo that like the JFK conspiracy kind of briefly cameos in this in this book. And then you're right. Dips out.
1: Oh, it's like um, Stephen King, where it all exists in the yes, same universe. Yes, it's Exactly. It's like, like, yeah, really yeah, good. Except it was um, the re-
2: same universe. It
0: was the same universe. It, and is, it was actually it's, it's and it's same universe. The, the link is called the FBI.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they are kind of like career investigative researchers they teach, they both, they both are teachers, but this seems like they're their big thing. Um, Wexler has written, Stuart, if you're listening, you you seem fine. This seems like a fine book. You I think he's great. written this, this book, maybe three or four times. This specific oh, sure. Killing King, the story here. I was researching his other works, Wexler's other works, and a lot of them play on very similar themes, very similar historical materials. So this seems kind of like a passion project for them. And this is the weird thing. They have a very kind of academic approach to history. Um, And we can talk about certainty in a minute. I want to make make sure I get to that, Eh. but no, it's important. It's important (laughs) to what this book is. They have a very academic approach, tons of citations, tons of big, long footnotes, This is one of those beautiful books where you think you're done. You you think it's like super long and then you finish like three quarters of
1: the way through and you're like,
2: oh, the rest (laughs) is footnotes. Yeah, that's
1: it. It really I know we've talked about it before, but it is a magical. It's our favorite feeling here on
0: You Don't Know Lit. It's a Mm. (laughs)
2: beautiful.
0: Well, first (laughs) realize You don't have to DNF another
1: book. Yeah, that's right.
2: So they they have they have kind of the trappings of academia, but they're not like this is a popular book. And um, I, I struggle. I'm not in this world. I struggle to know. Whether this is unhinged. Like it doesn't yeah. seem unhinged to me, but uh, maybe put, they're just
0: really persuasive. Put your thoughts into question. Well, that's the sign of a good conspiracy. Skeptic Ian has been right. taken to the dark side, folks. I am I <laughs> am now all
2: in. Um the last thing I want to say about this book, one last thing. Um, this book I think does a like a really good it does it, it's its approach to ideas of knowing and certainty, in fact, are really, really good. So I think the worst conspiracy theories kind of disregards disregard factuality. They disregard alternative perspectives. They just say it is Jewish space lasers that are starting those forest fires. That's it. That's that's. Can that be the name of the episode? Jewish space lasers. Absolutely. So. Um, we'll get one of those one of those flags on Spotify about misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Oh yeah, this will get taken down. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> this book doesn't overextend its claims. It says like these are facts and, the, and now here we go into conjecture. It makes it clear when it's leaving the realm of fact and moving into conjecture. Um, when it's things are ambiguous, it leaves that stuff ambiguous. So despite the strong circumstantial evidence, here's an example. Strong circumstantial evidence that James Earl Ray was the guy who shot King. <laughs> there are no witnesses. Nobody was standing in the room watching him as he pulled the trigger. And we don't know. We know where the shot came from. We don't know who is in that room. And as they describe the murder itself, they 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 track us all the way up to where we lose track of Ray. And then they don't kind of they they don't dip into speculation there. And then maybe he walked into the bathroom where and then maybe. No, they just they tell it in a very in a a deliberately um, neutral way, which makes it clear that they don't have all the facts. And they're not going to guess where the facts. they're not trying to necessarily sell something. Right.
0: Believe I mean, you yeah. sell a conspiracy by omission. Right. Not by not by too many claims. <laughs> well, right? and,
2: and these I are think, some problems you might have with it. <laughs> I think when they have conclusions, they clarify these are the conclusions we're drawing. They even use that language. We draw these conclusions. And I think as a reader who is very unfamiliar with this cons- the conspiracy theories around um, King's murder. This helped me believe them. This seemed like they were treating facts and truth in a respectful way, as opposed to we want to um, make the FBI look bad or we want to make this restaurant owner who is claiming to be there look good. They have a persuasive goal, but they don't have an agenda. Joseph. Nicholas. Nicholas. Train our brains.
0: Tell, tell us about how Ian has been manipulated and warped um, and that or how-,
1: how I've been manipulating you. Mm. Mm. OK, this is the slippery thing about conspiracy Ooh, theories, so isn't slippery. it? Because oh, he's going to say that I'm not wrong. <sighs> well, well, when I listen to Ian, I, it sounds pretty plausible. Like, like that. That doesn't sound bad to me. That's I don't know guy killed jfk or guy killed we're Martin right Luther King. up to the ledge right mm-hmm. like we're pretty yeah. much as close to the ledge
0: as you can get
1: okay i think this is you know we talked a little bit and and nick you didn't share yours but we talked a little bit of, at the beginning of this episode about our favorite conspiracy theories mm. i talked about so michael jordan ian talked about the eagles right uh-huh. nick what do you have a favorite conspiracy theory like and when i say favorite do you have a conspiracy theory that you you'd really kind of buy into.
0: Hmm. Yeah, definitely the MLK or JFK ones. It seems like the government was super involved. Or at least they knew what was gonna happen at some level and just kind of like, eh, this would be easier for the country to just ignore. Right? Like I think there's hands off. Like just it's I think it's less about like this like grand plan and more about the withholding of information. Right. So like so, they didn't tell easier, MLK right? he was going to be killed. They didn't need to tell us X, yeah. Y and Z. They didn't need to say the plane was going to go down all this. I think it's more of just like, let's just save this for us because it's not going to create any more, quote unquote, good for the country. I think there's a lot of
2: that greater good stuff going on. Mm-hmm. There, There's like there, there are two kinds of conspiracy theories, the one where you suppress information and the one where you manufacture a narrative by by providing false information. So this is why I roll my eyes at the people who say the moon landings were a hoax because that requires so much fabricated misinformation. It's a lot easier and suppression. to not, to yeah. not explain it, easier to just to say, like to, to suppress the the truth that Amelia Earhart um, was abducted by aliens. Mm. Um, and that's what happened Fuck, to her. That's a good one. There's so many good ones I'm right now. Track, but um,
0: so- yeah, I guess, um, but Joe, my favorite one probably is the moon landing. I mean, interplanetary conspiracy. That sounds fun. Aliens, moons. Sounds
1: good. It's the highest
0: level of conspiracy
1: I've ever heard of. Physic- interplanetary? Physically. Literally. Yes. like mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> yes. So I, th- I think this is the wild thing about conspiracies is like when we look at them from the outside and we do, I think for the most part, consider ourselves on the outside of conspiracy theories. We look at 95% of what comes across our plate and we say, That's ridiculous. Like that seems nuts to me. But then we all kind of have our pet favorites where we're like, (laughs) well, yeah, the moon landing thing is definitely absolutely nuts. But Michael Jordan was totally serving a secret suspension in 1996. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's obviously true. One of the things that this book does um, this book being the skeptics guide to the universe written by Dr. Steven Novella. It's nice, Tommy Novel. um, yeah. Um, one of the things that this book does is it explains why people are so bad at critical thinking. And that's, <laughs> re- and that really is the first half of this book. This is a pretty beefy book. Um, and the first half of it is pretty much dedicated to being like, Hey, human being meat machine, your brain is bad at logic. Let me tell you all of the ways that people fail all the time, right? And it basically boils down to four different areas. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on them, but it, it is a bunch of this book. Number one, your, mem- your memory is faulty. Right? Like the things one. that you think you remember, you absolutely do not remember. You misremember things. Memories can be implanted. You, uh, every time you remember a memory, you're like Xeroxing mm-hmm. the memory. Exactly. Yes. Your memory yes. is faulty. Hmm. Number two, your perception is super foul. What was number one again? I get really good, <laughs> Nick. You're very funny. Wait, you're a funny boy. It a adds, it's a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna start uh, for that. me folks <laughs> number two your perception is fallible like the things that you think you see it, you uh, you probably don't see or they're like skewed by a ton of stuff like uh, okay You're an uh, it. Uh, uh, we're idiots they're skewed. It. number two but, yep yep number three your number two your perception is fallible Number three, your brain is full of glitches. So even oh, once man. you do take things in and try to remember them, your brain has all sorts of like these weird little glitches. And then number four, your logic, like the way that you think about things, is mostly flawed, right? And he's and so he's it's not an saying
0: insulting start. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and so he's basically, not saying, we're, we're
0: meat dummies. Big we are meat big, dummies. Yeah,
1: but the good news is, is. We are meat dummies, Mm -hmm. but we can get better. That's also a good episode name. Meat dummies. Meat dummies. We are meat dummies, but we can get better. And the way that we get better, largely the argument of this book is, is by recognizing all of the different ways in which our brains fail us, being aware of those and monitoring not so much outside information that we're taking in and like examining that for flaws, But really examining, like, our own beliefs, our own thoughts, and seeing where we are the ones screwing up. That's the first half of this book. Okay.
0: Uh, I guess, okay. So, what do we need to know, Joe? Joe, what do we need to know? The next
1: piece of this book is looking at a whole bunch <laughs> well, The next piece of this anyway. book is looking at a whole bunch of different stuff and being like, let best. me show you where people screwed up in a big way, OK right Like let me show you commonly held beliefs where people show up in a big way, and it goes from everything from like um." there was this horse that people thought could count called clever Hans. You've maybe heard of this before. This is a common example to like, these are people who purport that like free energy and perpetual motion machines are a thing. And this is why they always, always, always always are wrong. A water car. Yes, you've got it. Like the, it even talks about like pyramid schemes and MLNs M schemes and being like, let me tell you why these are so obviously logically a terrible thing. That's where a bunch of this is. And a big chunk of this book circles around conspiracy theories. And a lot of it talks about why conspiracy theories are just so durable. Because they are durable, aren't they? Mm.
0: Well, the, yeah, the ones that have, you know, endured, I would say, are definitely durable. <laughs> uh,
1: so, Nick, great, I would listen sl- great, to a great example podcast? of survival Sorry, we'll bias. It's time for a spinoff.
2: I would listen to a podcast. Survival bias. Yeah, that's good. Of sh- short of of short lived, short lived like the conspiracy theories that didn't stick.
1: Oh, the ones that almost made it like, or the ones yeah, that like one yeah. off. That be hey litheads, nobody make this idea. podcast.
2: Nobody make this podcast. Nobody send us this podcast that already exists. We're gonna make it. We hereby stake the claim to that IP. Nick is googling to see if it exists. I think that's I actually, actually a super good idea.
0: To um, an email.
1: If wait, what I'm talking, <laughs> <laughs> it's all How conspiracy.
0: Uh, <laughs> sorry, Joey. Okay, so the book... Uh, Joe, I want some usable information here. I want to improve mm-hmm. upon my critical thinking skills. He wants yep. a bulging
2: head muscle like you have. I
0: want mm-hmm. some of those varicose head muscles in my face.
1: Can you help me with that? I can. Dr. Stephen Novella really can. <laughs> really, yeah. Go ahead. How long yeah, is this book, he, Joe? It's pretty beefy over 200 Um, pages then yeah the the ebook that i have is something like 500 pages which is a big boy it's a big that's not bad well the nice thing about it though is while it is really long it is a long book it's it's kind of a bathroom reader book. We must have talked about this before. Did you guys have books in your bathrooms I think growing we up? We did a
0: whole episode on this show. <laughs> yeah, poop, they're called poop books, which I think poop brings us back book. to your first point about how uh, your brains are mushy crap
1: and your memory is terrible. <laughs> you are a meat problem. Um, yeah, it, this is a bathroom book. So meat while I- dummy. Well, I like a meat problem as well. <laughs> While this book is very long, it's broken into many, many, many short chapters that are easily uh We're really digestible, proving your or. book correct here,
2: aren't we, Joe? Can we start referring to the leadheads as meat dummies? Let's just
0: start over the whole episode. <laughs> Joe, what, okay, I I guess um, I'm not sure how many more times I can ask if there's any uh, takeaways, you know, are there any things that people should be aware of? Or or does this not clearly outline them in in that type of way?
1: No, there's a million takeaways that people should be aware of to the point where- yeah too many like i I don't even know where I would start talking about these the first the whole first half of this book is stuff that you might learn in like an introductory to logic course, like when talking about <laughs> inductive reasoning, so it talks about like this is the dunning Krieger effect, this is why it screws up your thinking, these are arguments and logical fallacies. fallacies, these are cognitive biases that you have. Let me tell you about the confirmation mm. bias, the appeal to antiquity, appeal to nature, right like common logical fallacies that people commit yeah so this book is full of those but nick this is conspiracy theory week and i want to talk when it talks about conspiracy theories it says do you know why conspiracy theories are so durable and so dangerous is because a ton of stuff that i just talked about in the first half of this book It's like a perfect storm when it comes to conspiracy theories, right? Like conspiracy thinking is the confluence of logical fallacy, cognitive biases. It's the back to Lord of the Rings, the one ring to rule them all of faulty thinking. It crops up in just about every topic that skeptics deal with. It's an all purpose. Get out of jail free card played whenever a true believer's back is up against a wall. So conspiracy theories are a problem. They're here for a
0: reason. Joe, let me ask you a question that I know you're going to knock out of the park. I'm ready. I'm oh excited. Dear. What are some things you found interesting about this book? <laughs> okay.
1: The thing that I found interesting about um, conspiracy theories in this book is how susceptible we all are to them. Right. Like re- if you think you are inoculated right. against conspiracy theories, right. you probably aren't. I want to play a brief game. Um, mm, what's a brief game? A brief. It's, it's a game about um, about underwear. Uh, it's a game. It, it's, a, it's a short game. I'm going to give you Was it about shorts or a, is it about briefs? <laughs> I'm going to give you a conspiracy theory. Okay. Right. I want you to tell me what percent of American voters, American voters. Oh, yeah. Believe this to be true. Nice. Okay, right? And you can just throw it a number one to a hundred and I'll and I'll reveal it. I have a All the handful percents. of them.
2: Yeah. Would it be funny if I said 100% on every single one? No, it wouldn't. That's a great reason for me to do it.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what percent of voters believe that there's a link between vaccines and autism? Voters. Oof,
2: God, this oh, is going to be depressing. Oh, I'm say, i going to hate this game. Yeah, this yes, you game. are going to
0: hate this game. I'm going to say uh, 36%. I'm going to say 37
1: Okay. You, you guys are both pessimists. Only 20% of voters believe oh, that a link between good childhood idea. vaccines. Um, what percent of voters think that the moon landing was faked? 46. 51. 51. 7% of voters oh, think wow. that the moon landing is faked. Nick what is percent roll. of voters believe that Barack Obama is the Antichrist?
0: Oh, man. Uh, how many, 50.
1: 12, 12%. <laughs> Pretty good. 13% of voters, 20% are Republican voters. How um, many of
0: those percents, though, are like uh, 13-year-old boys who like, think that's a funny answer? Or people, people the, voting This twice. is
1: voters. These are the, the, this is people that are voting. 13-year-old uh, boys don't vote. That's um, a conspiracy. What percent of voters believe that George Bush misled us about weapons of mass destruction <laughs> in Iraq? Uh,
2: Ian, you can say 100 now. <laughs> deep deep cut here i'm gonna say like 75
1: yeah it was so about 45 percent of voters oh. overall but 72 percent of people that vote democrat believe that that they were misled um isn't it like a fact at this point
2: it, okay <laughs> so this is the thing hey, about conspiracy don't theories. care about your feelings sometimes people just refuse to believe things that are <laughs> facts that's true <laughs>
1: But this is the thing about conspiracy theories: is when you get examples like that, like every once in a while, stuff comes up and you're like, "Well, that's not a conspiracy theory. That definitely is true, right? Like that is that is true." Twenty nine percent of voters believe that aliens exist and are visiting Earth. Fourteen percent of twenty nine believe that aliens Yikes. exist and Shit. are visiting Whoa, Earth. Wait,
2: wait, wait. That's almost a th- well, uh, that's almost one third. I think it's which a means th- about it's a, a third, a Ian.
1: Statistically, yeah. one of us believes that. Aliens that exist and are visiting Earth? Nice. Do I believe that? How many of those are Republican? (laughs) Doesn't say. Doesn't say. Uh, 15% of voters believe that the CIA was instrumental in creating the crack cocaine epidemic. Again, that's that's something that I just thought. Yeah, I think that is basically true. Um, 10% of voters think that the government adds fluoride to our water supply for sinister reasons. Um, 4% of voters believe in lizard people that control societies. And 51% of voters, the majority of Americans, uh, the majority of American voters believe that JFK assassination was a conspiracy and uh, Oswald did not act alone. 51% of voters. Okay. So like people are super susceptible to conspiracy theories because conspiracy theories really seem true sometimes, right? Like they make sense of a very complicated world.
0: Yeah. It sounds really interesting, Joe. Did you like this book? It seems like
1: yeah, it's like really, it a- uh, it would, who wouldn't be curious about this, right? This book can be dense at times, right? Like, I mean, a lot of it that is always he- my
2: question. Yes. Does it read fun or is
1: it like fun when you think about it? Mm, he Good question, <laughs> Ian. That's a good Thank question. Thank you. This book is in danger of being too dense, very frequently, oh. Right. with that said, the way it's written is light. Like it very clearly has grown out of these guys doing this podcast where they talk about the same stuff for, for years. Right? So it is in danger of being stodgy, right? Like they talk about studies, they talk about P values and stuff like that in here, but the title of this book, even, should be a clue. The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe is a deliberate nod to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like, the people that write this book, Dr. Stephen Novella et al., um, they, are, they are playful. Joe, they are trying to inform. They're trying to have fun. When
0: you see your, the next new exciting conspiracy, let me just make one up off the spot. Yep. Aliens are coming down and creating some sort of cabinetry right really high end cabinetry
1: really nice cabinetry and then taking it away before we can buy it right this Edgy are the swedes aliens is this is this just ikea that you're talking, talking about that's what's causing here?
0: deforestation and the fires in canada mm-hmm. anyway um so When you see that inevitably on TikTok in the next week, Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. is going to run through your mind? What are your new kind of tools in your arsenal to say, is this true or is this uh, nonfiction fiction fiction or nonfiction? Because it's a mm -hmm. book podcast.
1: Right. So I would wonder, like, why haven't I heard of these aliens before? That's your Have first question, Have other people huh? seen these aliens? Well, to what end are the aliens building this cabinetry? Who benefits from these aliens building the cabinetry? Pine, oak, yeah. maple, which one? Right. I've got all these things. All these things are good questions. Okay. Anything else or? Yeah. No, the only other thing I would say is, like, conspiracy theories are... Uh, I think they're very sexy because they <laughs> make simple sense of a complicated yeah, they're world. They're obviously sexy. Yeah. Yeah. They're super sexy, right? Like they're an answer. conspiracy theories makes, they're an answer. They're an answer in a world that yep. very frequently does not have, have satisfying answers. All right. Well, Oh, I'm sorry. I do actually have only one more thing to say. Okay. Huh? If you're not going to read this book, I would try (laughs) listening to their podcast. Uh, The podcast is by the same name. I listened to just the most recent episode. So I don't know if this is indicative of all of their episodes or not. So the most recent episode is episode like 975 at the time of recording this. One of the things that they do in the podcast, they have like four or five people on it every time they go through, um, Things that skeptics should be aware of. And one of the things I thought was most interesting is they had chosen a study. um, And this particular study was about gender affirming care. And this is a study that has been misrepresented by tons of media outlets. Like it has been spun, like basically it's been spun to say, People who seek gender affirming care, like who seek top surgery, right? Like who start undergoing like gender um, transitions, right? Like physical surgeries have a tremendous amount of regret. That's the spin, right? I've heard this what conspiracy these guys, Yeah. What these guys do on the podcast is they say, okay, here is the study that they are talking about. Let us talk through like the methodology of this study. Let us talk through the actual statistics behind this study. And let me tell you why this study is being wildly misrepresented. And the just in the episode I listened to, it basically starts out by saying, look, here's all these places that are saying that people who seek gender affirming care absolutely regret it afterwards. In reality, once they go through the study and explain how everything works, they say in reality, people that seek gender affirming care have one of the highest satisfactions of healthcare of any surgery. The only one that scored higher than them is people, um, that sought a surgery that cured your incontinence, right? Like people that used to pee their pants and now no longer do, they are happier with their surgery. Um, so really cool podcast, really interesting book. i it's an interesting crew. The guy's a professor at Yale. He's one of the first researchers on ASMR, which I think is um, Whoa, ooh, terrible. Yeah, I. it's cool book. Interesting book. It's a good bathroom reader and probably should be taught in like er, your civics course.
0: Oh, well, welcome to Tiffany's. A safe place for you to tell me all the facts about your books. <laughs> uh, no, for you to tell me all of the terrible things about
1: your books without it being held against you. Uh, Joseph, anything? I don't think a book is the best way to receive this information. It reads is too rapid fire. So, like, it talks about... It read slower? It, it's like... Here's a cognitive fallacy you should be familiar with. Let me give you four pages on it. Here's another one that you should be familiar with. Let me give, give you four pages mm. on it. Here's another one. Let me give you four pages on it. And the result is... Surface? I don't, I don't remember any of them. That's the problem, right? Like, I have okay. such a hard time well, remembering you're them.
0: a meat bag. I am Ian, what meat was problem? yours?
2: Meat problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> any meat problems in yours? I would say the meat problems in mine are, these guys have a lot of information, and they have way too many names it's very okay. hard too to many keep track of all the names there's this rogues gallery at the back where they're like, they they pictures of these guys and like a brief rundown of who they are that should be at the front there's so so many names you get very lost in who is who and who's paying who to do what and it was not i was not in danger of putting this down but i was like wow give me some help here brothers all right gents um i'm gonna put this one up to
0: a poll who's gonna win today uh, whoever can mm-hmm. guess uh, the number one conspiracy, as stated by Teen Vogue magazine, Teen Vogue oh. magazine is going to win today. Conspiracy. So number one myth. To so
1: Teen Vogue magazine mm-hmm. they surveyed
0: their readers. I didn't say that. Okay, it's got to <laughs> be. <the middle laughs> it's ending. just. I, I, I mean, look, you just have to assume it's extremely reliable journalism. Wow. All right, Joe. So they did the math. Yeah. They talked to somebody, maybe. Unlikely.
2: Themselves. They, they probably themselves. Googled something. Yeah. What is it? Speaking What's of which, guess? can I Google this to find out? That'd be great if you didn't. I'm going to say the moon. I'm going to say the moon landing. Moon landing? Conspiracy. Joseph? Here. Yeah, it's yeah. really
1: good. I'm going to say that the teens, they know which way America leans. 51% of Americans believe the JFK assassination. I say this is JFK assassination. Well, you're both wrong. But one <laughs>
0: of you is more Right. <laughs> And that's Ooh. what conspiracy theories are all about, am I right? Nah. Uh number one, Holocaust. <laughs> oh, big oh, one. Big oh one, guys. Wow. Come on. Oh, millions. That's wild. Millions. Joe, coming in at number two, though, is the JFK yeah. assassination. And there Ian's so close, number three, moon landing. You oh, were wow, almost okay. there.
1: Ian, you lose. Oh. I, oh well. That's stressful. I hate that. The moon landing? Teens. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs>
0: Is there a tweens vogue? <laughs> I certainly hope not. You but you know they have the name. You know in they have tweens vogue. They magazine. have the URL for sure. <laughs> Guys, there's not a tweens vogue yet. Yet. I'm going to see. Uh, we have two good ideas in this Go podcast. Daddy. Conspiracy
1: theories that weren't and tween vogue. I will tell you in
0: not in a second if tweenvogue.com is available.
1: This? there's no way there's no way no way that it's available it is if it is available it is going to be one hundred thousand dollars for that url guys tweensvogue.com one, <laughs> one, one penny
0: <laughs> i can buy tweensvogue right now which i think should be our new website
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't like the asset at tweensvogue.com well yeah t- it's not let me see if tweenvogue is available yeah, that's better. That's really Vogue. good audio. Uh, this is also available. This is amazing. Guys, I think we're done with You Don't Know Lit. I think we are starting a new podcast called... uh God, well, we have to call it this, Tween Vogue. His brand. Uh-huh. Do then, we want the um, privacy policy?
0: I don't think we need it. I think I'd like to get whatever people want to send to me. <laughs> Guys, you should really tell the lit heads what to do.
2: Ah, oh, that's right, leadheads. Uh, listen to me, listen to me, leadheads. I want you to go to the graveyard at about two AM. And when you get there, the like third trick. crypt on the left, you're gonna make a, a secret knock on the door, and we'll let you in. We'll tell you all the secrets. We'll tell you about our plans for kind sort of like domination of the world and so on and so forth. Uh, just come on over. Here. You you know where we're where we're at. Um, you can if you want to be involved, but not quite that involved. You can like us and go subscribe to tween, and sp- subscribe and so forth, uh, on a podcast player of your choice. You can review us and say nice things about our podcast. You could shape the future course of this podcast by going to you don't know, lit podcast.com and requesting a theme or suggesting a book for us to, to read. I want to close by saying congratulations to critical thinking. You are not a meat problem. You're a meat solution.
1: All right, in the last two decades, while we've been fighting for science and reason, it seems like the stakes have only gotten higher. My own profession, medicine, has been thoroughly infiltrated by the pseudoscience of so-called alternative medicine. The very process of science is under attack. There are entire movements dedicated to denying and opposing the hard-won fruits of scientific discovery, and now it seems that truth and facts themselves are easily tossed aside as an inconvenience. There are those who think, with good reason, that humanity is stepping back from the Enlightenment to huddle in echo chambers of comfortable, or at least familiar, beliefs. This is a generational struggle, and one that will likely never end. Like in the universe of Douglas Adams, we've created this helpful and reassuring guide, which will prove which will prove invaluable on your skeptical journey because the world is actively trying to deceive you and fill you with stories and lies. The forces of ignorance, conspiracy thinking, anti intellectualism, anti intellectualism and science denial are (laughs) as powerful as ever. It's true that we have to struggle with these incredibly flawed meat machines in our skull in our skulls, but we are standing on the shoulders of giants. A lot of smart people over a very long time have thought and argued carefully about the nature of reality and our ability to understand it. We have some powerful tools like science and philosophy. We do know stuff and we have ways of making sense of it all. So don't panic. This whole notion of thinking for yourself and questioning everything is actually quite fun and empowering. We can do this together.
0: tweensfolk.com